Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're going to hear from Julio Caravada, BC Lions radio analyst on the West Final. We'll get the visitor's point of view. And then Neil Pionk and Alex Ayafalo share some thoughts from the heart on what their last week has been like attending the memorial of their friend Adam Johnson playing hockey to help get through it. All that and more coming up on the podcast. Time to continue our look ahead to tomorrow's West semifinal with our friend Julio Caravada. He's the color analyst for the Lions Radio Network. We chatted earlier this afternoon, and of course, I had to start by asking about the weather. What's the the temperature difference from BC to Manitoba? Is it too cold for you, or is the game going to be fine? No. Oh, not is that I didn't notice much difference at all. And and the other thing too is that I find that you know when you come here, it, it is a little bit different kind of cold it's a little bit say drier but when you get like a a six degree weather in vancouver and it's raining there's a kind of a wet cold that goes right through you i find it a little bit different here but overall like i just came back from the stadium and i I would have i have to say that it's um you know it was it was perfect i thought you know here i it's the wind if the wind picks up then it becomes a whole different animal but um, I thought it was going to be. It's going to be perfect for football. Uh, I just, yeah, it was. It was quite, quite surprising. I know we always ask players about the weather when it comes to the playoffs because it's natural, right? When you're playing in July, yeah. it's twenty to thirty degrees, and now it's about zero. But I, I think what we usually hear from them, and I get the sense this week too, is that it's not going to really matter at all, is it? No, no, I, 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 I don't. You know, as I said, like when when it becomes like when there's a real like. Um, like I said, that like for me, the wind is obviously a big factor because then you're talking about it has an effect. Like every if it's blowing from one end to the other, like when you have it, it's going to be an advantage, and when you don't have it, it can really affect the way that your offense is run. Um, but I think you know, in overall, I think it does get blown out of proportion. Um, you know, we're not talking about minus 30 degree weather where it's, you know, going to have a huge effect on your hands or sitting around and all those kinds of things. I think, uh, um, you know, I think it's, it's all good for, for us to, to talk about from, but from the player standpoint, I know I've talked to many of them. It, it's, it's absolutely not a concern one bit. So we've got this matchup between two teams that blew each other out once. And then we got a stone cold mm-hmm. classic October uh-huh. 6th that uh, BC I'm sure feels like they should have won. And in the end, the bombers get it. That's why this game is here and not in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. What's your read on this matchup now for the fourth time this year? Yeah. You I mean, I, I mean, that's, that's I, I think about that too, right? Like, you know, you think about the journey for both these teams throughout the season and especially head to head and, and how they've responded to one another. And, um, I just I just have to think that what we're going to see is closer to that last game in in BC. I, I just can't see um, you know either one of these teams this you know for a playoff game the intensity all those kinds of things um, to get to, to be blown out. I, I just can't see that. Um, I find that they're just they're going it's going to be close. It's going to be hard fought. Um, and again, I think when you get to these types of games it always comes down to mistakes right who, who makes the least amount of mistakes um who doesn't turn the ball over um you know who doesn't take critical penalties uh, you know both these teams i think have proven over the year that you know the if you give them a second chance they're going to make you pay for it and and winnipeg is a great example of that like when when you when they take the ball away from you they're going to take it right down and score on you um and 
Um, that's just something that the Lions, I think that to me would be the biggest concern. They were a minus 10 in the giveaway takeaway category. Um, they had, uh, you know, at times they took stupid penalties at, at stupid times and really um, gave teams second opportunities um, and were hurt by that. So I think if they can stay away from those mistakes, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to give Winnipeg all they can handle. I wonder about your thoughts on the BC defense, because just looking at the scores of Mm -hmm. the last number of games, right. Dating back to the game in August where they gave up nine to the Stampeders, they've allowed 34, 30, 25, 37, Mm -hmm. 29, 26, 34, 30, 41, and 30. That's a lot of points to allow. And now you're going up against the perhaps best offense in the CFL. So is that a justifiable concern for Lions fans? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, when, when they lost to Calgary, the way that they lost and, I know I, I, I think there was some, uh, you know, I think it was on Twitter or, or somewhere where it came out about the Lions defense since August 1st and, and how poorly they played in a lot of the, um, you know, cat, a lot of the categories like, you know, against the run, against, against pass, second down conversions, all that kind of stuff. And I know speaking to the players, um, you know, it bothered them about hearing it and, you know, the one thing about, you know, playing a professional sport, you, you know, you're going to get criticism and uh, the Lions defense, I think, you know, of their own doing, uh, deserved that criticism, right? I mean, they hadn't, they hadn't played consistently like they did the beginning half of the year. And um, I think when you read and hear about that narrative about, you know, how poorly you're playing and about the points you're giving up all that, it you know it can do one of two things right it's either you either you're going to take it and you know you're going to you know not do anything about it or or you're going to use it as motivation i found that last week the lions defense used it to their advantage i thought they played with an edge i thought they played like they wanted to prove something and and i think overall i'd have to say that that's probably the growing sentiment that i get from from the lions is that you know they you know they they lost here last year um you know, I think they they feel like you know that they have something to prove that they can they can beat this team, and it's you know having that mentality obviously is something you have to have uh, if you want to be a championship team, and um, that's not going to be an easy task. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers have been the class of the Canadian Football League for for a number of years now, and and everyone is shooting for them, and and for the most part they have been able to you know keep their keep themselves on top of the mountain and. Um, this is going to be another step for them trying to, to get to another great cup. And the Lions, um, you know, realize that if they want to get there, they're going to have to go through Winnipeg. And, um, you know, for as a fan of the game, I, I couldn't ask for much more. How much pressure is on Vernon Adams Jr. in what I think is probably is the biggest football game of his life? Yeah, that's that's very fair, right? Um, you know, Vernon has, has a, you know, had the, he won last week at what it was his first playoff game. Um, and you know, when you're the marquee guy and you've had a year like he's had, then, you know, that, that comes with the position, right? You, it, when you play quarterback in the Canadian football league, you know, the ball's in your hands all the time, right? You, you're, you're the game, you're the difference maker. And, you know, last week we saw, uh, when he's on point, I mean, he can, he's, he's, he's tough to, he's tough to beat. Um, and I think most importantly, that's probably something that he's going to bring to the table is, is the, his ability to move with his feet. I don't, you know, he's done it at times and it's not like, 
you know, he's running for like 100 yards or anything like that. It's just, I think when he's choosing to run, it's very strategic. And, um, you know, he's, he's able to get out of the pocket. And I find that when you can get out of the pocket as a quarterback, but still maintain your eyes downfield, um, that's when you become really, really dangerous. Because not only can you run for a first down, but you also have the uh, capability of, of hitting a defense big for for a big game because you know when a quarterback runs now all of a sudden you have to vacate your zone someone has to attack them um receivers are going to break routes and it's hard for any defensive back to be able to cover somebody you know for three or four seconds out on that field right so um a lot of good things can happen when when you get outside the pocket as a quarterback and vernon i think you know that's going to be a big part of, of, of what he does tomorrow right he has to be able to do that and um he realizes it, and, and when he can, um, he, he's a difference maker. And, and as far as, you know, what will it do for, for him and, and, you know, his, you know, le- not legacy, but his, his, you know, reputation as far as being a big, big game quarterback, it's obviously going to help him, right? And if he doesn't, then you have to live with the narrative that you, you haven't been able to win that game, right? So, uh, you know, there's a lot of that, that, that dynamic involved. And, again, for him, um you know, I think he feels that he's got he's got something to prove, and he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and that's sometimes a good thing for for a, for an athlete to have that and carry that around because it's a good motivator. Is there an area in your eyes in which the Lions have an advantage over Winnipeg? Ooh, um, I mean, that's a very very good question, tough question. I I I think the obvious one, given. Uh, and I think, you know, Dalton Schoen's not going to play. Um, I know that, I, you know, on the depth chart today, you know, Nick Dembski's a game-time decision and Rasheed Bailey's a game-time decision. You know, I, I would, if, if those guys aren't going to play or one of the two of those guys isn't going to play, then I would have to say that the Lions receiving core would have to have a little bit of an advantage. Um, but overall, like... Uh, you know, again, I Winnipeg is Winnipeg, right? Like they, they're 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 sitting on top of the mountain, right? They 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 deserve to be where they are. They've earned the right to be at the top, and um, there's a reason why. It's because in all three phases of the game, they 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 have players that can make plays. So for the Lions, I think they're the underdog, no no question. But as far as the advantage, I think. The receiving core to me would be the one that would stick out to me. I think everywhere else you, you can make a claim for for both sides. The other huge advantage I think for for Winnipeg is is Brady Oliveira, right? And and the kind of year that he's had has, has been remarkable. And um, he's a great kid who works really really hard. And um, I think that obviously that part of their game is 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 an advantage for them. So uh, you know I, I I love this part of the of the of the prep is is trying to look at all the phases and trying to say, hey, who's got the advantage? And um, we're going to find out pretty quickly, but it should be a lot of fun in, in, in the meantime trying to figure out who, who who's going to have the advantages. So what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? Wow. Okay. Um, I, think, um, I think the Lions are going to give Winnipeg all they can handle tomorrow. I, I, I don't know what I, I – I think they gained a lot of confidence last week uh, especially Vernon and the way that he played. Um, but, you know, I mean, having said that, Winnipeg is so tough at home, and they have proven over and over again that when when they can, even if you get on top of them 
you know, they're, they're, they're never going to give up. So um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think 30, 27 in and around there. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to shy, I think a little bit towards the lions. I think that their, their time is, has come. And I think that they're, they're, they're ready for, to pull off an upset. So um, that's, you know, I, but I, again, I think it's going to be very close. I, I, and, and, and where it goes when it gets down to the nitty gritty is, 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 is yet to be seen, but um, I think it's going to be a very, very good football game. I know our listening audience would probably like to disagree with you, but hey, if it's a 30-27 <laughs> result for either side, we're in for a treat tomorrow. So I'm, I'm hoping yeah, for that yeah. as, a, as a neutral observer, let's just put it that way. Julio, appreciate this. Thanks for this, and uh, have fun with the call tomorrow. I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on. Julio Caravada, regular guest on the show when the Lions and Bombers clash. He is the color analyst for the Lions Radio Network. Impressive showing again by the Winnipeg Jets last night. They take out the St. Louis Blues 6-3. The top line is rolling. The power play is functional. How about that? But we're not going to talk so much about that right now because today uh, we got to talk to Alex Iafalo and Neil Pionk, two of the four players who were at Adam Johnson's Celebration of Life in Hibbing, Minnesota on Monday. Pionk, in fact, spoke at it. We ran that uh, speech for you on the sports show earlier this week. Uh, Kelly Moore today talking with Neil Pionk about finally being ready to speak about his late friend. Neil, I know that uh, it's uh, you know you wanted enough time to be able to address a, a crew like this uh, uh, so that you, you could be comfortable in doing so. Maybe just uh, if you could share uh, your thoughts over the last uh, almost couple of weeks, I guess it is now. Yeah, it's not even uh, it still doesn't feel real. Uh, you just wake up every day hoping that it was a bad dream and. The mornings have been the hardest, so um, getting through the mornings and then coming to the rink has honestly been good. It's been a good distraction, so um, it's been a whirlwind the last 10 days, and yeah, like I said, coming to the rink and, and being around the guys has been good. I don't know how it feels to you personally, but eyeball test, since this happened, it almost seems like you're playing your best hockey right now. Do you feel that as well? Yeah, I think I've been playing pretty good. Like I said, it's, it's, it's hard to think about the game or even post-game because I go home and... All I think about is him, and all I think about is his family. Uh, I sit on the couch, that's all I think about. I try to text friends, call friends, and I don't even think about the game really when I go home. So maybe that's for the best, think less and just play. Is there, I know you've leaned heavily on family, leaned heavily on teammates, and, and I'm not trying to be too invasive here, but have you leaned on professionals? Uh, because obviously this is something that uh, that you're dealing with pretty uh, intensely. Yeah, I've worked with the team psychologist here, so... Um, I'll continue to work with them and uh, it's been helpful because you don't prepare for anything like this. You lose uh, one of your best friends and so suddenly, so tragically, um, you got to find somebody to talk to so he's been helping. Really touching moments like on the bench after you scored that wrist shot. What has the hockey community been able to do to show up for you in, at this time? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, that was no coincidence. Um, his mom asked me to speak and I couldn't have been more honored so... <clears throat> You go to speak something like that, and then you come back to a game and, and score a goal. It's there's no coincidence in that. I don't score that often, and <laughs> he would always make fun of me. Uh, he would always say, "OMG, it's such a lucky goal after I scored." So it's little stuff. Everything I do, everything in a day-to-day -day basis, I, I think of him, and I'm sure I've told a ton of stories. And I thank my teammates for letting me those tell those stories. Cause I'm sure I've repeated a bunch of them, but uh, they've been great. And he talked as well about how he and Adam Johnson became close friends. We first met on the Minnesota High School Elite League team. 
And then uh, from there, we played two years of junior and then played two years of college together. And then through college, we lived together. And then after college, we lived together for another four years. Uh, every summer, skate, train, work out together. I would go to his hometown every summer, at least twice a summer, um, stayed with his parents, all that sort of stuff. So we became pretty close that way. And he says he'll be staying in touch with Adam's family. Uh, they're going through a lot, and they've been real strong through the whole thing. You know, I can't even imagine. Like, what I feel, they're probably feeling times 10. So um, it'll be important for me to stay in touch with them. And like I said, he was he was like a brother to me. He was he was a groomsman in my wedding, and um, I know he had plans for, for me to be in his wedding, and um, that was going to be upcoming. So, um, again, like family, and, and I'll treat them like family the rest of my life. What did it feel like to have the organization kind of charter a flight back to Minnesota and give you those days off to kind of go back there and do that. like what, what does that mean for a player uh, forever grateful it's it, I can't even I can't even put that into words it's like you know we would have gone there we would have gotten there regardless but we would only spend I don't know eight to ten hours there with the the charter and, and I can't thank Mark Chen enough um, we got to spend over 24 hours there so the fact that there was zero hesitation um, he basically said whatever you need whenever you need it it's there, boom, and I just, you know, I was overwhelmed, and it was, it was greatly appreciated. And he was also asked if there was a piece of equipment or something else when he's playing to honor Adam Johnson. You know, nothing in a physical form, but like I said, it's uh, everything on the ice, whether it's the way he tied his skates, the way he skated. I remember the, the first morning skate uh, against the Rangers. <laughs> I, I started tearing up and started crying because uh, I shot a puck into the net. And on the first summer skate of every year, he would shoot a puck into the net, come up to me, shoulder me, and say, I still got it, hey. So it's little stuff like that. It makes me laugh, but also gets you sad and emotional, too. Um, so that, that's been the challenge of it. Every little thing I do, the way I tape my stick, he used to make fun of that. So, you know, when I'm taking my stick, he's, I can just hear him scoffing at me. He's doing stuff like that. It's, it's everything I do. I'll always think of him and, and always think of his family. He talked in the speech at the memorial on Monday about how if – you lo- Adam loved you, he would make fun of you, and the banter would go on and on all the time, and they just constantly text each other, ribbing each other. So it, just a, a peek into what it's been like to be Neil Pionk the last week or so, and a reminder that these are human beings too, and they experience loss, they experience grief, and they're leading on each other right now. And another member of that Minnesota crew is Alex Iafalo about why he wanted to, to wait to speak about Adam Johnson as well. Alex, uh, I know there's been kind of a waiting period to, you know, talk to the uh, the, the media gathering, if you will, on this subject. Uh, what kind of things were going through your mind to prepare for uh, speaking in honor of your former teammate and good friend Adam Johnson? Yeah, it was uh, it was a tough time, you know, after um, you know everything that happened. Um, you know, can't speak uh, you know highly enough about Adam. He's he's a hell of a friend. Um, you know. It's, great hockey player everything you know I can go on and on about him um, just uh, pay respects to his family and and him you know it's it's just just a tough time we all express emotion a little bit differently you know Neil had mentioned that you know he wept openly Uh, have you had moments like that whether in private or you know with with teammates uh, you know when you have fond memories or something crosses your mind that uh, becomes even more emotional I have yeah I mean especially Neil and and uh, some of our old alumni, you know, that played with him for uh, for the years there at college. Um, you know, it's I haven't really had anything like this happen in my life, so um, I haven't really um, understood it yet. So, you know, it's good to talk with everybody. And the guys just in this, this locker room have been so supportive, uh, the organization as well, you know, just 
if you need anything, let him know. So, um, you know, that's from the bottom of my heart. Appreciate that, you know, a lot. Between the road trip and then going to the service and the funeral, you probably haven't had much time, but have you had the opportunity at least to see just how much the entire National Hockey League has honored Adam? Yeah, it's, it's it's very impressive, you know, to honor Adam like that, and, you know, he deserves it. He's, you know, he's done everything that he's could, and, um, you know, to see everybody, you know, pitch in and, you know, show respects to him, it, it um, yeah, he deserves every every second of it. He talked more about his friendship with Adam. We like a lot of banter, so I feel like he's done that with everybody and hit it off from the start. Uh, you know, it's close with Neil and, and myself and another friend and see him every summer or whatever, whatever it may be. And, you know, it's just, it's just tough, tough to not understand that it's, you know, he's gone and, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You sort of touched on it, Alex, just about how the organization, how much maybe pressure or just relief was it to have them kind of get behind you, charter you guys out there, give you more time there? Yeah, a huge amount of respect for them. You know, thank I could thank him 100 times over um, for letting us go there and, and, you know, miss practice to go to, go to the funeral and, and, you know, celebrate his life. So, yeah, I, I can't uh, thank them enough more for letting us do that and, and setting everything up for us. And one last clip from Alex on an added layer of this tragedy. He was ready to, to build his life and, you know, move on from hockey. And I know that was tough for him, but, you know, to see that, you know, his life was going to go, you know, into kids and, and have a family like that is, it's heartbreaking. And, you know, for that to happen to, you know, such a great, great guy and, and great family, you know, it, it just sucks. It sucks. It absolutely does. And you can't help but feel for the friends and family of Adam Johnson. That includes Neil and, and Alex and recognizing what they're playing through right now and also noticing that, yeah, Neil Pionk's been playing pretty well and Alex Iafalo has a ton of assists the last few games. So that is our uh, update from the Jets. Tomorrow's game against Dallas starts at 2 o'clock. And the pregame show starts at noon on Power 97 because of Blue Bomber football. On 680 CJOB. Lots more insight on the game itself tomorrow. Just want to share that audio with you here today. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. And thanks for all the fish shows. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect.